Good morning and welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word this morning, just a little about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So go grab your cup and join me today as we talk about looking again. Sometimes we have to go back and look again. Have you had those things in your life or those seasons, the moment in your life where you're just frustrated? You feel like you've done everything right, so to speak. You feel like, Lord, I have done all you have asked me to do. I am pressing in. I am coming up higher. I am hearing you knock at the door and I am welcoming you in. I am digging into your word. I praise you in all situations. I'm walking in holiness. I'm obedient to your word and I'm obedient to every direction you give me, but yet things seem stagnant. Yet things have not shifted like you thought they would by now. You've yielded. You've gone through the fire. You've been purged. You've been pruned. And it's been a journey. And yet you're not looking at what even the Lord has shown you. Even after all of that, I would encourage you today to stop and look again. We have to know that we know what God has said and stand firm. I think sometimes not even realizing it, doing all these things that I just said, we are doing all these things, but we have let go of maybe a promise from God. We've, we've put on the shelf a word from God, um, a prophetic a word from God. We've just, we, we've let it sit on the shelf. Maybe it didn't happen as fast as we thought it was going to when we originally heard from God or heard from a prophetic voice. And we, we stuck it up in the corner of a shelf somewhere and it's just been collecting dust since then. So we have to sometimes go back and grab those words out and understand what did God really say? Did I give up before it came to pass? Did I not wait long enough? Did I not stand? Did I not remain? Right? Sometimes you know we've heard it say if we ever knew how close we were to something when we turned and went in the other direction, we would have kept going. And so sometimes if we're not where we thought we were, not doing what we thought we were doing, not that God didn't know we would be right where we are now. He did, but it's our choices that got us there. Our choices that brought us to this place. That is no surprise to God. And he always has a way of saying, let's go look again. I've got that word if you've got that word. I've got that destiny if you've got that destiny. Are you still willing? Will you still pursue? What is it that God said? What is it that we know that we know that we heard from God? We know it. He showed us a dream. He showed us a vision. And we've yet to see it take place. And some of it could be timing. Some of it could be it's actually just not even come to pass yet because it's not the timing of the Lord yet. But other times we have to just go see what we missed. Sometimes we didn't miss anything, if that makes sense. And it's just been a process. And if we go back and look at the word again, and we ask God to show us, and we haven't missed anything, then that's an encouragement to us. That edifies us. I haven't missed it. 
I'm still walking in his plans and his purposes, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do when he's going to do it. And I will remain faithful and wait upon him to do what he said he's going to do. So if we look again, we may be encouraged that we actually didn't miss it instead of discouraging ourselves for no reason and wait upon the Lord. And in that sense, I'm reminded of Elijah, right? And he proclaims this drought all the way back in 1 Kings chapter 17. He, he speaks the word of the Lord and he speaks forth a drought. Talking about knowing that you know that you've heard from God because Elijah in um, 1 Kings 17 says to Ahab in actually the very first verse, um, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, in other words, that's the person I answer to, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Like that's powerful. I have so much faith in God that there's gonna be a drought and no rain's coming till I say the rain's coming. Why? Because I'm not gonna say the rain's coming until God has told me to open my mouth and say the rain's coming. So guess what happens? A drought ensues. <laughs> and it's a long time with no rain. Somewhere between three and four years. And then all of a sudden, God speaks to Elijah and says, it's time. Go stand before Ahab and I will send rain to the earth. So in unabandoned obedience, just unabandoned obedience, obedience with no hesitation, and I say this all the time, not even disobedience, but a lack of obedience is disobedience. When, so God's telling Elijah, go present yourself to Ahab. So if Elijah just stays where he is, he's actually disobeying by not obeying, if that makes sense. So he goes and he presents himself to Ahab and he tells him, right, that the rain's coming, of course, we have the whole thing going on about the altar and the water pots and the stones around the altar and whose God is God and, you know, the God of Baal and Elijah's God. So all that takes place. And I don't want to get into all that detail for sake of time, but all that takes place. And of course, the fire of the Lord falls and consumes the burnt sacrifice of Elijah proving who's really God. And it rocks the people there. They can clearly see Elijah's God moved here in a mighty way. Like, I guess the three years of drought didn't quite make that impression on them. So now we come to where the drought is actually ending in 1 Kings 18, down at like verse 41. Now Elijah says to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Elijah's hearing something that only the Holy Spirit is letting only Elijah hear. He hears the sound of the abundance of rain. And Elijah goes to the top of Carmel and he goes and he's up there with, and this is key, he's up there with expectation that God is going to do what God said he's going to do. And sometimes we've taken these uh, dreams, visions, prophetic words, direct word from God, but we haven't put an expectation on them that God's really going to do 
what he just said he's going to do. And Elijah, it doesn't matter what it looks like. He still insists God is going to send rain because I hear the abundance of, I heard your word, Lord, and I know you're sending the rain. Let's call, let's take those dreams and visions and those words that we've stuffed up on the shelf. Let's dust off the books, the journals, whatever, and let's look again and let's start calling them in. Let's stop prophesying over those things that haven't taken place in our life yet, that we had an expectation they would. Let's look again at it and say, Lord, you said, I'm looking for it. This is what you said. I, where do I go? Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He had a place to go to watch for the rain to come, to watch for the storm clouds to show up. Not a cloud in the sky, by the way. Not a cloud to be found. He sends his servant, and, and this, is, this is another key I don't want to miss here. When they get to the top of Carmel, what does Elijah do? He prostrates himself. He bows down on the ground. So in other words, he's in prayer. He's praying, and he's probably, we don't hear the words. This is just my guess. This is how I envision it. He's thanking God for doing what he said he's going to do. And that's another thing we can do when we take our words and we look again. Thank you, Lord, that you said. Thank you that you're going to do this. And he bows down on the ground with his face between his knees. And he tells his servant, go now and look toward the sea. So the servant goes and looks and there's nothing, nothing. Have you ever been there where there's nothing? And he goes up and he looks and there's nothing. And seven times, seven times he tells him, go again, seven times, which reminds me of the walls of Jericho, actually. There may be a connection there, but he tells him seven times. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, well, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand. I mean, this servant was not being too optimistic at all. <laughs> Rising out of the sea. And man, Elijah just jumps on that small little cloud. And he's like, that's it. Go tell Elijah. Go tell him. Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. That's how powerful it's going to be. Now, in the meantime, while well, he's telling the servant to send the word and the servant's headed towards Ahab, in the meantime, the sky becomes so black with clouds and wind and there's a heavy rain. And Ahab actually listened to Elijah and rode away. And the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and girded him up. And he actually beats Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And the point being, this guy, the servant, went back seven times and looked again. And Elijah never wavered from what God had spoken to him. So I just want to encourage you, maybe you need to look again and encourage yourself. There's things we've forgotten. There's areas we've missed that we need to readdress. We need to look again. And the Lord will reveal those things to us. And there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord, did I hear you right? Did I move right here? Did I step right here? We see quite a few biblical examples of men of God in the Old Testament, especially going back and asking God, is that right? Are you sure? And the Lord was always faithful to answer that. 
and with more detail. And sometimes the Lord redirects us. We're just about our father's business, doing the thing we, we uh, with a right heart. And God just says, hey, no, you can't go in there. You got to go over here. Acts 16 is a great example of that. You know, we were headed on a path. We had something before us. And maybe God was trying to redirect us and we didn't take heed. And Acts 16, this happens to Paul with the Macedonian call in verse six. Now, when they had gone and Paul's about his father's business, he's doing things for the kingdom of God. But it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Forbidden. So they changed course, not only once, but now twice. In verse seven, after they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them. So what did they do? They obeyed. They obeyed God saying no, and they turned in a different direction. And then Paul gets a vision from the Lord and he shows him exactly where to go. He will show us exactly where to go. I mean, let's let's talk about Joseph for a minute, all the way in Genesis 37. And let's dust off our dreams. Let's be uh, mocked for our dreams. And, you know, we're going to have to go through some stuff. And it may take longer than we anticipated. But I just want you to encourage you to look again at what God has said he's going to do through you for his kingdom. And remain steadfast by looking again. That's what happened with Joseph, right? They mocked him. Here comes the dreamer, right? They didn't think, they thought his dream was crazy. They thought it was arrogant. They thought it was prideful. And that's another thing. Be be cautious who you share your dreams with. Sometimes word curses come and knock them right down or discourage us from walking in them. What is it that you know Deep down inside, God has shown you. What is it that you just can't shake off? What is it that you know is a part of your destiny? I want to encourage you today to go look at that again and invite the Holy Spirit in and ask him to show you what you need to see about that thing that is like a fire in your bones that you cannot shake. What do you need to know about that thing right now? Go look again and invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you need to see while you are looking again. 